Grand Moth Tarkin. I am honored by your visit. Hey guys, it is me, Jake, Riley, hey. and Isaac. I am in Ireland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. The point is that <laughs> Isaac is calling in via Skype, and then there's two people who are cool and good at podcasting who We're sitting came at, to Riley's house. Sitting across from each other. Yes. Staring directly in each other's eyes. We will not break eye contact for the next four hours that we record. It's a little awkward. I'm going to stop right now because yeah. it is starting to freak me out. We're dropping in at the beginning of this episode because something happened. Yeah. Hey, Isaac. Hey. What happened? Well, explain it. On Monday, the day of our Lord, uh, first day of the week, a no matter trailer what week it was. For as far as I'm concerned, it could be any week as long as you're with me. Mm. The Monday night football game featured at halftime of football contest trailer coming out for Star Wars: Last Jedi Episode Eight. Why did we let the guy with the worst audio quality talk that much? I don't know. I, I felt. <laughs> I, I felt pressured. I felt like I needed to include him. He's not here. I don't know why I'm making uh, him the person to give this important news. But we watched the trailer, and we are—we don't really talk about this we a lot the on the show. With what? Our eyes. What are you talking about? Okay. We, <laughs> we don't really talk about this a lot on the show, but we don't like to dwell on like the news or right. stuff right. that is newsworthy mm -hmm. uh but mm. we watched this trailer you gotta talk if you're a star wars fan and you don't have any opinions on this trailer then you're not a real fan and we believe in that go listen to our previous episodes yeah we've made it very clear we're sticklers for real fans and real fans only and real fans only um to be a real fan in my opinion means that you listen to the podcast grandma talking and send us an email or maybe tweet at us once in a while. Well, and honestly, you have to listen to it every day of your life. All of them. Every yes. day of your life. There's less than 20, so you can do it in a day. Uh, that's not true because with the EU episodes... Shh. I'm sorry, I didn't... <laughs> Let's not talk about this. Let's talk about the trailer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which uh, time zone do you have to live in for more than 24 hours in a day? Which Grand Mountain. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yep. So, uh, let's start with... Riley, yeah. what did you think about this trailer for The Last Jedi? Well, I thought it was a very good trailer, and I don't... Really? Yeah, I know. Hot take. Very good trailer. I don't think this we learned... This is such a good podcast. I don't think so we far. learned a thing from it, is my real hot take. Yeah. I think it was just all a bunch of dis lies and deceptions, and... Our good friend. Yeah, on that Sauger of days. era talked about. So, yeah, I... Saw-G area. Can I... Are the, the character is Soggy Area from Rouge One. Can I be honest? Please be honest with us. Can we? Hey, listeners at home, you can be honest with us too. Yeah, but with here's ears. I'm, go, I'm going to be honest. If I can't be with you guys right now, the least you can do is be honest okay. with me. Well, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I didn't really want to talk about the trailer because what on earth are we going to say? It was a really good trailer. It got me excited to see the movie, and I don't think it sh spoiled anything. Well, I guess. Great because job. I like seeing Phasma and Finn. It's great. You suck. I hate this show. <laughs> um, I thought it'd be fun. We don't need to go beat by beat. I'm right. sure a million other podcasts have done that. Everyone uh, listening to this podcast has seen it many times. And um, 
has also maybe read a book or listened to a podcast called Grandma Talking. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. (laughs) I just started talking and realized I had to finish my sentence somehow. (laughs) Um, So so you don't have, Riley. Yeah. That's basically it. Uh, I talked and had to finish my sentence somehow. The Jacob Kreitz story. <laughs> by, you know by the end of this show, we're going to have a few audio audio biographies and autobiographies. Can I talk about a fun drinking game I invented last night when I was editing the podcast? <laughs> no. The, yeah, the sure. fun thing this do, is going to get in my head for the rest of this recording session, isn't it? Skip to any point in the the podcast. And I'm talking. And if Jake is talking, you have to take a drink. You, now, you will die. <laughs> you will die. You, you will, will die, die very quickly. I know, because I've done this, and it it's, really made me so conscious one time. It's really funny. I did it for about a That's minute straight a, last night, and I, I landed on me and Isaac like once each. This is more of like a festive suicide than a drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good so to be back fun. together again. This chemistry is great. Oh, man. Yeah. Why do we have the best chemistry when we're talking about suicide and me talking? <laughs> mysterious it's very interesting hmm. uh well riley yeah talk for 30 seconds so if somebody fast forwards will hear you talking but did you have any predictions from this trailer is there anything that you feel like you can actually glean from it um specifically i think luke is not dead okay yeah i feel pretty <laughs> firmly in that i feel very comfortable in, in sticking with that thought other predictions I feel like Ray is not actually there with Snoke. I think that's going to be some kind of vision. I don't think she's going to meet with Snoke. Yes. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, it kind of my my prediction last week was that Phasma was not going to be in the First Order anymore. And now it seems like she's still in the First Order. She at least has the armor. But, you know, I guess it doesn't mean she's not in the First Order. Yeah, that armor was totally her own creation. Yeah, hey, true. listen uh, to our Phasma episode, which you already are, and <laughs> you'll hear more about that. Um, Isaac, did you have any other than your Lucas Dead theory, which we've um, heard a couple of times in the podcast, and we don't need to rehash it here. Did you have any strong takeaways uh, specifically from this trailer, other than just, like, it looked well, great? My, my first takeaway really was, guys, you can tell from the dramatic tension and the characters interacting in this. So this is definitely a Ryan Johnson movie. Did you agree? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yep. I could tell. <laughs> yeah, I could. And you know what I could tell as well is just the way that the camera would occasionally move. <laughs> I was Did like, this is, use... this is Ryan Johnson right here. Did you notice the use of special effects? That is classic RJ as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of great takes um, on how you can tell in two minutes and 30 seconds that by the fact that it is dramatic and that characters say things that you can tell it's a Ryan Johnson movie. <laughs> All right. So th- my, my take on the trailer is a lot the same as Riley's. I, in the end, it's kind of like the, uh, the classic scene from the classic American film, the princess bride where like, it's like, you want me to do this, but that's exactly what you want me to do. So I'm going to do this, but that's exactly what you'd want me to do. So I'm going to do the other thing. And it's uh, uh-huh. completely just back and forth with no real answer. So that's my takeaway from this trailer. Like, it's being edited in such a way to where we're trying to be led to believe one thing, but that's exactly what we're supposed to think. So it's actually the other thing. So it's just a constant back and forth. And I really don't think there's a lot to take away, but I got two minutes and 30 seconds of visuals from The Last Jedi. And they look good. And so I'm going to be happy with that. That's uh, that's fair. I, I kind of had the same feeling as you, Isaac. I felt like at this point what they could do 
is this could have been literally everything that will be in the movie, but we're so now used to distrusting the trailers <laughs> that we'll be like, well, it's not this because it can't be that, and then it will be, and that'll be equally surprising. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that my only uh, hot take, which we like to get into sometimes. We love it. We're going to get into... Um, do we, we, have, we have a hot take. Do we? Theme song of some kind, I feel like. Oh, it's possible. I've lost I, track of our theme song. You don't have like a little folder for our theme songs? No, I'm not professional. You know me better Make, than that. Hit a right click, hit new folder on your desktop. And <laughs> he is making <laughs> what you're missing out on, Isaac, is the insanely sarcastic facial expressions <laughs> that Riley's making. This is what happens when we record in person. It's true. I didn't miss that. I can imagine. Um, oh, oh, okay. I Because there was one thing that I felt so confident on. That I feel like I could see myself uh, going with the belief that what we're seeing in the Force Back, in the Force Awakens, might actually be a flash forward. Like the stuff that we've seen in the trailer that we're like, oh, this is more of the Force Back scene of the Uh stuff that went down with Kylo and the Jedi Temple being burned down. Mm -hmm. I can see a scenario where that's not the case, and I'm apologize because if you hit the 15 second forward button you'll hear me talking (laughs) but i'm gonna lay this out for you and see if this makes sense so we saw in the trailer there's you know uh kylo why couldn't i think of the guy whose name i just said (laughs) kylo he he holds out his hands to maybe ray or maybe that's an intercut from a different scene but there's like kind of ash falling in the background and it's really dark outside that looks a lot like the dark ashy fiery scenes of a hooded Luke and R2 overlooking some burning building in the distance. Mm-hmm. And then we also saw in this trailer, Luke's claw hand bursting out from rubble. Ooh, that so, so here's cool. what I could see happening is that the first order, Kylo Ren and maybe the Knights of Ren come to Octo baby. And they <laughs> shatter the, the dinosaur village Empire. of nuns mm-hmm. and whatever, um, you know, book of the wills house there is or something. They take Ray, and you think that Luke is dead. They've maybe they've bested him in combat or something. They've just blown him up. But then you see him burst out from the rubble with his hands, and he has to go save Ray. I can see that being a thing, even though I'm pretty sure it's a flashback. What if it's a Ray has amnesia situation, mm. and she was there when the Academy mm. was destroyed and then lost her mind, and that's when she asked Kylo for help? But then she lost her memory and got sent to Jakku and thinks that she was raised there. What are you talking about? (laughs) Stop saying stupid things. The raised amnesia thing is really dumb. I do not recall clicking on a YouTube video with a carefully edited picture of Ray with like a red lightsaber. (laughs) The truth about The Last Jedi confirms. The truth has been confirmed. The truth? Hey, I'll confirm it. The thing I would say to that is I I can definitely see what you're saying, Jake. The only counterpoint I would say <laughs> is that, I mean, you know how Yoda talked about the Empire Strikes Back, and it's also been touched on in New Canada a lot. When Yoda talked when about how our... the Empire was going to strike back? <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the uh, Certain Point of View book, how, and we'll get into that more, what Qui-Gon talked about, mm-hmm. but uh, just how when you're given Force visions, or when you're seeing visions of the Force, you're seeing the basically the past, present, and future. And so it's really hard to pin down exactly what Ray was seeing. She definitely could have been seeing that present day, or we actually are going to get that force back. And like I said, we kind of discussed before in previous episodes how logically within Star Wars we could have a flashback without it feeling too jarring being in a Star Wars movie. I so yeah, we just still really don't know when exactly 
those events are taking place based on Ray having that vision. Riley's been patient and he has a crazy face. Say what you want to say. Have you guys read Time of Death yet in certain point of view? No. Oh my god. <laughs> it might be my favorite story in Star Wars that I've ever read. Whoa. Wow. Who are it's the characters? So good. It's oh, it's all Obi-Wan. Just mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. Oh, it's called Time of Death. So oh. You can guess you can guess when it takes place, but it's very good. I I must read this tale. Yeah, it's very good. Uh I will say, not Many, if any, of our predictions from the episode eight predictions episode have been overturned, other than Snoke having force powers, which seems to be pretty it's, much yeah. <laughs> unless he has her suspended by strings uh, in that scene. I think, I that, think is... that. Did you notice, like, when they cut to her actually being like pushed backward? I feel like you can't really see Snoke's hands doing one thing or the other. So that could be another editing trick where like Kylo's in the same room or something, or like we were saying before. Like, here's what it vision. seems. Here's what it seems like to me is it seems like a way more extreme version of that freezed force power that yeah, Kylo that was Kylo using. Did. But Snoke appears to be not only freezing her, but keeping her suspended in midair. Like she's shaking like she was. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It I, would seem I feel like he's going to have force powers. It would seem that he has force powers. But other than that, I think that there's still a strong possibility that this thing opens with a flashback. Like I, Posited. I, my main takeaway from the trailer is that I just really want to see this movie. This movie looks like the best movie ever made. I, I, here's my, I, here's my, I, here's my bold <laughs> prediction that could be wrong, but I think it's going to be my favorite Star Wars movie after it's all said and done. Yeah, that's my prediction too. I really like Ryan Johnson. Mm. It's nice to have a nice prediction that makes I, you feel good. I like JJ a lot, but I think Ryan Johnson might be my favorite director to do a Star Wars movie. This, this you know, what I gotta say, you know what I can see happening for me is the first time after I see this movie, this could have the feeling of a Radiohead album, where the first time through I'll be like, I didn't quite catch all that, and I don't have a strong opinion yet, but I know probably in three or four more watches or listens to an album, this could be like one of my favorite things ever. That's or listens to the last kind of vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I think you should go into the theater with a blindfold on and <laughs> listen to it several times until you enjoy it. Do a blind speed run of The Last Jedi. <laughs> um, well, guys, anything else to say on this trailer? No. Nope. I think that it might very well be the best Star Wars movie ever made. In the end rainbows of Star Wars movies is my prediction. Ooh, last Jedi slash comments. It looks oh. like they're getting into a little bit, a little bit of Tolkien with this movie. The little fox. Did you get there? So there's a that crystal fox. fox. A little crystal fox. And there is that scene, like... Is that She's... a reference to Breaking Bad that Ryan Johnson directed? Crystal yep. Meth, Crystal Fox? Oh my goodness. Is that Fox made of meth? It might be. Crystal Crystal Fox sounds like a really bad... Is Snoke a anagram with Coke? <laughs> Cane? That's not what anagrams are. But... No, but Coke, Snoke, Kung... no Cane. No. Oh, because she... Like, Ray is wearing like like Hobbit robes. When she's walking up like the Misty Mountains to oh, the yeah, place yeah. where the old book is. Ooh, that old book. That old book of the wills. Give me an old book. Give me that movie. Any day of the week. I want to watch it. Let's quit talking about the trailer because I just want to watch it. Yep. Let's go watch the movie, Boring. guys. <laughs> um, so we might as well tell you right up top, we wanted to get in some, some good audio into your ear holes. Two thirds of good audio. Well, yeah. Some of us couldn't be here today. Whose hey, name? Guys. Shower me and Isaac. Um. <laughs> The audio quality for this Phasma episode is not great. Mm-mm. It's not the worst thing you've ever heard, Mm-mm. but I'm assuming that you've heard worse things, so that might not be true. We're making it sound worse than it is so that you're like, hey, that wasn't so bad when you listen to it. But <laughs> It's probably the worst thing anybody's ever done, so 
it's worse than uh, other episodes of our show. I'll say that, and that's yeah, a pretty you know low what? benchmark. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, it slid right under it. So, guys, uh, enjoy the Phasma episode. Mm-hmm. There, you will now hear the introduction to an episode where we didn't think that we were going to have time to talk about the trailer, and we did. So, yeah, enjoy. Okay. Baba Booey. <laughs> Bye. That was really good. That was really good, guys. Welcome to Gray Mop Talk and delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious get soothing voices of your host Riley. Hey. Jake, that's me, and Isaac. Inside out is my name. <laughs> So, well, <laughs> it's from an earlier conversation. <laughs> guys, we're already doing inside jokes to things that happened off mic. So, great start so far. Um, hey. Hey. Grandma talking to hey, fellas. I What's forget up? how to do a podcast. Same. It's been a long time. <laughs> Treat it like a conversation, except you're being recorded. Oh. And millions will listen. Well, we might as well address this. Like, the, as the listeners can already tell, Audio quality is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had busy schedules. This is not going to be a regular thing. We promise. Even though it's the second um, time. Yeah, and it's also not going to be a regular thing to talk exclusively about things that aren't Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, which you heard last week. That's right. <laughs> and um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be. Like the most popular Star Wars podcast. We want to be better, so we're trying... We tried having bad audio quality, and that didn't work. <laughs> and we tried having worse chemistry, and that didn't work. We're still unpopular, so we're going to go back to doing it the normal way the next time you hear us. That's a that's a bold word, that. Those? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's happening. If we're recording this via Skype, I'm laying on my bed. We had zero like conversation beforehand. We just, I laid down on my bed, pulled up Skype, and all I can see on my screen is not you guys, but a picture of a dog with sunglasses. <laughs> That's what I see, too, on my computer screen. <laughs> Which is somebody's profile screen. It's not Shampoodler, fan of the show. This is a different kind of dog with sunglasses. Why this is, is uh, Isaac Poodler. Why is there a dog with sunglasses on, Isaac? I don't know. I found on online. I thought it was funny because it's a dog with sunglasses, and who does that? You know the <laughs> this is the kind of humor is? that you can enjoy on Grandma Talking. Yeah, he's he got a de- denim jacket on, and he's he's got a, buck, a bucket of Starbucks in front of him. No, a cup. A, a bucket. bucket cup. What do you think a dog with sunglasses on would buy if it went to Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have any clue what that means when we say that? I don't think so. I do. Oh, well, I do too. I guess three people know. And <laughs> that's 90% of our listeners. listeners. What do you think that joke means, and we'll answer you with a simple yes or no. And guess that's right. right. <laughs> um, so today, guys, we're going to we we've been blacklisted by Ruku. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only Star Wars podcast advocate. He's the only, and it is definitely just one guy. I, I'm pretty sure um, who is reviewing all these shows, and it's a real shame to lose that coverage because I really enjoyed. His kind of hastily written, misspelled, one-paragraph descriptions of people talking, and that was yeah, original. I don't think you can really call them. You can't really call them reviews because. Out, but I think one of. No. We literally get a rating at the end of it. 
Yeah, but... Often it was good. Yeah. Which is not... I mean... Not bad? Good is the enemy of great. It's also not bad. That's literally true. But, you know, I think one of the reasons why, and I can't imagine why a person would feel this way, is I don't think he thought... I don't think he thought? Is that a way to start a sentence? Could be. I don't think he thought that we stuck to Star Wars. (laughs) And if you listen to last week's episode, that one was all about Star Wars, so I don't know why he would feel that way. <laughs> really, Star Wars is the main character in every movie that's come out since 1977, uh, at least from my point of view. So It's kind of like how New York is sometimes the main character in a Woody Allen movie. Star Wars <laughs> is the main character in Star Wars movies. <laughs> and select Christopher Nolan movies. So, um, before we get into the show, which is going to be about the novel... Star Wars Phasma. I literally forgot the title, and I'm looking at the title right in front of me. So that's Journey to The Last Jedi. Journey? Journey to The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. And I don't know who Journey is. She never showed up in the book. But it's not delivery. Anyway, it's the, the, the Journey. The title is P. Hasma, and I don't think we ever actually addressed what he has of. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's P. Captain. He has socks, P. Has my shoes. I don't know. <sighs> It's Does actually Captain Savzma, and you guys didn't laugh at my text <laughs> joke earlier, and I'm angry. Sorry. Well, guys, hang on a second. We have to do an episode dedication. Episode dedication to who? To, to, to whom, first of all. Oh. And that person is to, a, is to a loyal listener named MJ... And here's where I don't know how to pronounce the last name. I believe it's Noster. Noster or would be my guess. Um, one of our most faithful listeners, always saying things that I'm pretty sure are positive on Twitter. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I can't tell MJ. So I think if, pretty if sure. you hate our show, you fooled us because you're getting an episode dedicated to you. <laughs> uh, hey, all I know is that MJ loves cricket. That's all I know. MJ loves cricket so much, and I don't know anything about cricket, so I enjoy seeing MJ's tweets and just wondering what they could possibly be talking about. So it's a fun little imagination exercise for me, and we thank you so much for always writing in and for saying nice things. For real, you do say nice things to us. Here's the thing, and I wonder how accurate I can get this information, but... I am pretty sure, this is purely by memory, that last episode, where we had an episode dedication, it was dedicated to Spinner. But unfortunately, Spinner had to share their episode dedication with a person named E. McBee. Now, the reason why that was because previous to that, I believe that E. McBee had to share that episode dedication with Darth Goody, who had to share it with Shampoodler, who had to share it with Robert, who had to share it with Shamurk. I think we're probably missing somebody. But what's happening is our system is flawed. People can't get full episodes at once, all at once, because they have to share it. This week's been in and on is finishing up their episode dedication. So, unfortunately, MJ is going to have to share it. Next week, you will finish up your episode dedication, we promise. 
And if nobody writes a review or says anything to us, then you will have a whole episode. And then you will have an episode and a half's worth of episode dedication, which will throw it off even further. I guess what we're trying to say is no matter what, we're in we're in big trouble here. I'm going to have to start writing these down, but I yeah. don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's like dedication session as far as I'm concerned, right, guys? So Phasma. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like that. I understand. I will ignore it. Um, well, we have to check in with the latest news in Star Wars, which we're not going to dwell on. No. We don't do that. We don't. A lot of podcasts. Isaac, have we talked about this in the show? A lot of podcasts, yeah, they're news-specific shows. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them cover the news. A lot of them do the news. and do, that's, do the, that's a good way to put it. They do the news. I would say they do it well. And they do it well, but we don't <laughs> want to be that kind of podcast that dwells in the news, so we're not going to. We're just going to briefly touch on it in a little segment called News Gun Ray. My lord, is that legal? I don't think so. That's good news. No need to report that. Um, <laughs> Isaac just screamed. Prove it. <laughs> There's I... literally going to be an audio recording here. The only news that I know of is that we're recording this the day before the Last Jedi trailer <laughs> is supposed to drop. <laughs> yeah. Is this kind of like free news gun rate? Should there be a theme for that? <laughs> free news gun rate? Is there going to be a new theme for that? The answer is yes. <laughs> and it's going to drop in right now. There it is. Is that legal yet? <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> Yet. No need to report yet. <laughs> We're gonna... I think... Are we even friends anymore, if our chemistry is this bad? No, I it's... I can't vouch for anything of that nature. I, Could we I can't even vouch for that sentence you just said. We, we haven't recorded in person for two months. Holy cow. So I feel it like... It has been two months. I feel like we're not friends anymore. I don't feel like your friend. I mean, last time we hung out, let's be honest, mm -hmm. it was a good time, mm -hmm. and we tried to talk about Star Wars, mm -hmm. and it didn't work. No, it didn't happen. People got mad. I'm not is this is this a in-universe hanging out, or is this like actual life hanging out? This is like an outside job hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are we done with um, the news? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Do I don't know. Was speculate it... as to the events that will be in the trailer? Because I feel like that's a good podcast thing to do. Is to... Oh, it's going to be so good, because basically, the day after the trailer drops, they're going to get a Batman episode of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and then the following week, they'll think that we're going to address the trailer, when in reality, we're going to be talking about how we're recording it the day before the trailer comes out. <laughs> our show is so good. Uh, well... I I predict in the trailer we're going to see Ray swing a lightsaber at a rock and almost hit it. <laughs> How do you know That's she hasn't hit it already yet? And she's just like, oops, I already carved out that part. That's just my prediction. I don't know why I feel that's going to happen. She forgot that she carved out part of a rock. <laughs> Haven't you been there, Jake? <laughs> yeah. Should we actually start over? I'll bet we could do it better if we did. Uh, well, well yeah, just case. start over. I'll probably leave them both in, but just start over. 
<laughs> Guys, welcome to Grandma's Talking Delicately Curated Long Form Discussion of the Internationally Beloved Star Wars Saga, tailored to the Modern Fanatic, brought to you lovingly and weekly and commenced by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Hey! Jake, that's me, and Isaac. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, no! You see what it happened? is better. It's so much better now. <laughs> wow. So we're talking about a book called Phasma. And uh, the last time we talked about a book was, well, that's not true. The last time we all three read a book and talked about it was Thrawn. Mm-hmm. I'll back you. Actually, well, I think it was Inferno Squad, but yeah. Oh, oh my god. For the purposes of this conversation, let's go with the original. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 that's good. So the last time we talked about a book was Inferno Squad, and we all three really liked it. Mm-hmm. But apparently it was not it was not a memorable episode because I didn't remember it. So the last <laughs> time you might remember us talking about a book was Thrawn. Right, and someone hated and it. How'd that go? Two of us liked it, and one of us didn't. Ooh. That was me, oh. Jake, from the intro. And we'll, we'll see how it goes today. Mm-hmm. But uh, Phasma is a book about, uh, what, Isaac? <laughs> Phasma! Good. So, we read it. <laughs> this and sucks. Riley, <laughs> I'm, now I'm in it. Ooh! Can we do a uh, Jake Gunray? What, what did we call it last time? News Jake Ray. News Jake Ray. Let's News do a Jake quick Ray. News Jake Ray. I'm engaged to be yep. wed. That's true. Ooh. You announced that already, even though it hadn't so happened. Hard. It hadn't happened yet, and now it has, you dinguses. <laughs> she listens to the show. She's going to hear your indifference towards my engagement. Good. What's up, Christina? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, we've talked about it on the show, but you don't have to say I love you on the wedding day. Right. Exactly. And I'm trying to remember that. The groomsmen. Oh, wait, wait. We do have news, Jake Ray. Because. Hey, maybe I was going to get to that. Okay, well, then continue. Freaking jerks. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. There was a time, not so long ago, where we thought that we were only going to have three people in the bridal party each. I don't know how to talk about weddings, but there would be three <laughs> bridesmaids and three groomsmen. Which mm-hmm. meant that I was not going to have either of you in because I did, or that I was going to have a contest on the show where you guys would fight <laughs> for my faction and see which one would be a groomsman at my wedding. Did you just I say a faction? Funny. Did I say a faction? I think you did. I don't know if I said that. Like I don't know faction. what I meant to say instead. I think you meant affection. Fight for my affection. No, I said it right. Okay. I'm going to stick zero. by this pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but we expanded it to four. So now you guys are in. <laughs> Who got kicked out? Yeah, wait a minute. I hadn't picked. I was like, I don't know who the third person's going to be because oh. I don't want to have to pick Riley or Isaac because that would cause a rift in uh, our podcast friendship, which I may have already happened. Really chemistry's bad. Yeah. So now that it's uh, four people, you can have both of us. So, so guys, what you're, I, when I'm, the whole thing I've gotten out of this is that we weren't the first two choices. So I don't, I can't speak for Isaac, but I'm furious. <laughs> yeah, can we go, uh, can we just backtrack in history here? And, uh, End of news. Jay Gray, we're now moving on. Now, wait, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> Guys, listen. <But> anyway. <laughs> Simply. Uh, we're going to be live podcasting the wedding. Yep. Oh, yeah. Somehow. Uh, not me. Somehow we're going to do that. We'll have guests on. Ooh. Please do. Please, like, throughout the day, just kind of pull people aside and have them briefly on it'll be that audio quality anyway anyway end of news jay gray great yep great great show so far good show great (laughs) app so now 
Um, let's talk about Delilah uh, S. Dawson. Do you think the S stands for Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. Does the Dawson stand for Dawson Creek? Does the Delilah stand for Hey There, Delilah by Blaine White Deeds? Hey there, is her full name? Hey there, Delilah, Star Wars, <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Yes, it is. Look it up on Wikipedia. When we have her on the show, we shall address her as that. I time. can't imagine that she'll want to come on the show after this episode. Yeah. Can we say something right off top? Sure. Right off top? Say something we right off the top. To some degree, enjoyed Phasma. Some of us more than others. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that is, uh, you're really couching that right there. But I'll, I'll go with it. Why not? I'm actually laying in a bed. But, Riley, why don't you start with just like a quick two-paragraph summary with an annotated bibliography of why you enjoyed or did not enjoy Phasma. Okay. Give us your brief thoughts, and then we'll kind of go through it. Mm-hmm. This was the weirdest book that we've gotten in new canon so far, and I think that is why sure. I liked it so much. There, it it was just so some of the concepts and the um characters and the I guess they're not really alien races because they're human but what's what's the, the word folk yeah what's the word I'm looking for culture I guess some of the cultures sure. we get in this are mm-hmm. something we have not seen in new canon and maybe even old canon so it's it was um. It was an odd book. It was very sci-fi, and for that reason, I think I liked it. There are some issues, um, most of which I didn't really notice, but uh, were pointed out to me. So then I noticed them. So thank you. <laughs> but I I enjoyed I, the, I enjoyed the book. No spoilers. So you liked it. Yep. I um, liked it. Great, Isaac. Hey, give us a two paragraph, or more like a three paragraph. With an annotated bibliography on why, you, uh, what you thought of Phasma, the book okay. by, uh, Del- hey there, the Delilah, Star Wars, Dawson's Creek. Alrighty, so we must refer to her by that every time. Oh, absolutely, without question, no doubt about it. <clears throat> My thoughts on Phasma, the three paragraphs of annotated bibliography, are that I'm kind Did of. Did you finish it but before today's recording, by the way? Hmm. What'd you say? Did you finish it? Yes, yeah, I've had it done. Okay, good, good, good. I'm actually hundred something pages into a certain point of view now, so Can we talk about a certain point of view? I would love to no, talk about that. Let's finish here. <laughs> so this is what I thought of Phasma. I I'm I'm really with Riley there on this was just like the weirdest Star Wars book that I've ever read in my life. But I really like that fact. And switching between like the two different perspectives, I mean that's it's if you can accept that the sort of storytelling, you can also accept some of like, uh, hey there, Delilah, Star Wars, Dawson Creek's her style of writing. There's a lot of stuff like you kind of had to just roll with in this book, and if you were able to, I think this is possibly like a top three entry into the new canon. It was I by the end of the book, like Phasma had been fleshed out to a point where I'm going to, like, watch Force Awakens now, and, like, I'm going to see that backstory now. And it's definitely going to enhance the character to a point that I wasn't anticipating when I went into this. Bibliography, your butt. (laughs) You say your butt. You cut out there. Yep. Good. Let's make sure we um, kind of go back and explain all of our little jokes, just in case the audio cuts out. Um, so that good podcasting can happen. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, 
we'll say two or three paragraph uh, synopsis with annotated bibliography on Phasma, but we all know better, Jay, so just talk. Hey, Isaac? What? Your butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Is the vibe. I actually, I agree 100% with everything you guys said. Um, this book, and, and we are going to, for the listener who's worried that we're just going to talk in vague terms about the book. We'll get into it. We will get into spoilers at a certain point, but we will warn you first, unlike Inferno Squad. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in more specific terms and break down what we're talking about. But I loved the world of the book, like I always said, it's the weirdest in New Canon. One of the weirdest that we've read, even like with the really obscure um, e- books that we've been um, it takes us to new places and shows us new things and strikes a tone that is very different for Star Wars books. This book is incredibly dark at times and incredibly silly at times and um, has a unique narrative structure which we'll talk about. So there's so many things I love about this book and by the end of it, as Isaac said, I felt really connected I'm, maybe not connected, but I felt interested in the character of Phasma in a way that I didn't think was possible because I just couldn't imagine a way where I walked away being a huge fan of this character who had three lines of dialogue in The Force Awakens. My only thing with it, this is very unlike Thrawn, where I liked, I disliked 90% of that book and just liked it by Thrawn and Eli Fanto and um, Price. I just liked the characters. This one, the only thing I don't like is the uh, actual writing, which feels rushed and kind of haphazard. And it doesn't have a really strong voice, which is a shame because I've read uh, other things that Delilah, hey there, Delilah, Star Wars, Dawson's Creek has written. And I think that she can be a very good writer. And I don't think that comes through in this book, but I'm going to leave my negativity right there, and we'll just talk about cool stuff about this book we'll from see. here on out. We're going to put it in Jake's ne- negativity corner. Yeah, and there. if I have to say anything negative, we'll open up the negativity corner. Mm-hmm. I'll go in there, and I'll say it. I'll rip it off like a, like a Band-Aid that you put some salve on. And then <laughs> you put the salve on the Band-Aid, and then we'll jump right back into the positivity other three corners of the room. <laughs> So do you want to do our patented beat-by-beat beat, uh, character dissection? <laughs> yes. Where should we start with this book? Um, we should probably start with the fact of the narrative structure, which this is, is... This is where the spoilers mean? start, by the way. I'll say this. I would say, like Ron, there are some little twists in this book, but it is... Really enjoyable to read, even if you knew everything about it going in. Like, it's just such a crazy story that I don't think the impact would be lost for you. So, we are going to get into spoilers, but if you haven't read it, you you could probably still listen to this, I would think. Describe to us the narrative uh, structure of this book, because it's interesting. I think it might be my favorite part of the book. It's interesting. If this happened in every book, it would get annoying. But this one time, I really liked it. So we are, we are getting this. What we're story. talking about is how it uses words. Yeah, which I, is different. And if every book used words, that would be annoying. Would be very cool that this one does. That's why I like music. It's like words, but like you sang aloud. Yeah. 
It's, it's like if you could put words into a trumpet. <laughs> that's what music is. Hey, sing hey, a Riley? sing a little song, and I'll put some trumpet behind it. Hey, Riley, sing us a song about Phasma. Okay, great. <laughs> do we want to talk about this book? I do. I want to talk about. I actually really do. Yeah, I want to talk about the way this this story is told. So. The story of Phasma is told through this this character named Vi, who has been kidnapped by a man named Cardinal, um, who's in the Why first order. Why is he called Cardinal? Because he... I demand this information from you, like <laughs> Cardinal did, a Vi. He is a an officer, I guess, in the first order. He's a trooper, a stormtrooper, but he has... Guys, get trooper. this. He has red armor. Whoa! And he's called Cardinal because it literally says, like the bird is red. So apparently Cardinals yeah, are know. canon. <laughs> yeah, that was... The National Bird of Ohio is in Star Wars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but... It's Ohio canon. Oh. I guess it's, the, not, it's not a national bird of one state. It's a state bird. <laughs> it's a state bird of the na- nation. <laughs> um, Cardinal is this, this trooper who used to be, like, the, the highest trooper. He trained all the troops and had a lot of power, and then Phasma came in and was just better than him and took over. So he's kind of trying to look for some dirt on Phasma. He captures this Resistance member named Vi something. I don't remember what her last name was. Morandi? Could be. I don't. I really don't remember. I just know she's Vi. Say that word again? Morandi is like M-O-R-A-N-D-I. And what is this word? Morandi? Her last name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, thank you. That's what I was trying to ask. Morandi? Vi Morandi. Vi, Vi Morandi. That might be it. Could be. Anyway, so... There's no way to know. We didn't read it. No, we didn't read it. I listened to it. Um, But yeah, I she... read and listened. I'm going to report it on this audiobook, too, by the way. I'm interested to hear how you feel about it. Yes. We'll, we'll get there. Anyway, the the basic thing is we're learning. Patience, listeners, we'll get to the thing that you really want to know, which is what we think of the audio. <laughs> yeah, we every week. That's our time. hottest segment. Um, <laughs> All the teenagers are talking about. It. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they're walking down the street, dabbing and talking about that segment. <laughs> they have gigantic, comically oversized boomboxes. <laughs> yep, pumping just the segments of our podcast to talk about Mark Thompson and Janina Gavankar's narration. Here's what we're talking about. This story is told (laughs) through Vi's perspective. She learned the story from someone else who we'll get to eventually, and Cardinal is interrogating her, trying to find dirt on Phasma, finding out where she came from, and if there's any way that he can sort of sabotage her career to get back into the position of power he once held. So it's, it's very interesting. We cut back and forth between like 10 years previous, I think, to Phasma's story on her, on her planet. And then we cut back to the, the was it the Absolution? Is that the, the name Absolution. of the ship? Yeah, the Absolution where this interrogation is taking place. Which is a Star Destroyer. Like yeah. a First Order Star Destroyer. Right, we should right. say that this is like just a little bit before Force Awakens. Yeah. When this book comes out. I, or I'm sorry, when this book takes place. Yeah. When the book come out. When the book come when out. When Force Awakens book come out. Ten years ago on Parnassus. So yeah, basically it's somebody telling a story. Mm-hmm. It's this Vi character is telling us the story of Phasma. Um, how did this work for you, Isaac? Did you enjoy this particular device? 
yeah, once I got used to it, yeah, I really did. Like, it's because when the book first started, when we start out with by uh, getting captured and everything, or when just before that, the initial chapter of the book, when it's being told in present tense, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know about this. This is a little bit weird for me. But once you got into the flow of the book, I really liked the uh, the go between because it, it never felt distracting. It's it it felt like it came to natural places of where like Cardinal wants more information or he wants the information more quickly, or when like you could tell that uh, she had his attention. Like there was one part of the book I felt like we spent a solid like hundred hundred fifty pages at least in the like ebook of the the Phasma story. We didn't take a, a right for a while, yeah. but yeah, and, and then how the book ended with more or less the last quarter of the book was simply um, Cardinal slash by. I I really liked the, the, the way it, was, it worked to me. It didn't feel off to me at all once I understood what was going on. I, I think yeah. it worked because um, both both stories, I feel, were treated as equally important. Like, I cared just mm. as much about Vi and Cardinal and what happened to them, maybe even more about what happened to them than I did with the main story of Phasma. So it worked, it, it worked that those characters were awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with Raya there. I, I almost was more interested in the Vi Cardinal mm-hmm. storyline. Um, I found their interplay more entertaining than any other interplay in the book. Like, I didn't... One thing that I thought was a little weak is the chemistry... There was really no chemistry amongst the Parnassos group. The Skyer folk. The Skyer folk, uh, which we'll explain at some point. But basically, in the Phasma storyline, uh, it's Phasma's tribe of warriors. Not her tribe, but it's like Phasma and some warriors teaming up with this crashed First Order uh, squad, including Brendel Hux. General Hux's dad, uh, and uh, they are journeying to the Force Awakens. No, <laughs> to the Last Jedi. No, to a ship. And uh, I, I found there there was I don't I don't think there was enough tension there for me to be interested in it. I don't think there was enough chemistry in it. There wasn't like a charming repartee. It was just a little bit of a slog. Whereas I liked Cardinal and Vi's uh, playfully antagonistic relationship. Isaac, can I say another thing about Cardinal and Vi real quick? Mm -hmm. Sure. Just uh, because, once again, as much as I enjoyed everything about this book, except for the way it was written, there was every once in a while, like, it would be totally fine, and then just a really clunky aspect of it would would stand out to me. Um, One of which was the fact that Vi, who is um, Resistance, she's a a Resistance spy who gets captured, and she calls cardinal emergency break as like an like a derogatory nickname because he's a bright red stormtrooper and that is a sucky <laughs> nickname it's i don't clunky. even i don't even remember emergency that. hey emergency break hey emergency break what that, that that sounds crazy i why wouldn't you say e-break that's like a more catchy way to say that thing that is the nitpickiest of nitpicks. If I I know it really <laughs> bothered me every time I read it. I was like, emergency break. That's like a thing that nobody would say. I don't even That's remember that at all. She called him emergency probably, break all the time. Yeah, that was like her nickname for him throughout the book. You're not going to care about it anymore. Huh. The book lost me at emergency break because 
Now, that's a total, and you can hear the theme song, that's a Jake's nickname corner. <laughs> but it felt a little bit too far removed from a real nickname that somebody would give someone. Almost like the poem that the kids would say in the Skyre about Sav or whatever. Yeah, we'll get there, a I think. a little too bad nursery rhyme for me. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to get out of my negativity corner real quick. <laughs> Well, you and I actually talked about how it seemed like about every ten pages or so, there'd be like just a little sentence, a little wording that would just kind of like take you out of the book for a second. Yeah, it's... Had to get used to it. I think that's the thing, is it's not that every paragraph is just a, a real drag. It's that the book is generally quite good, and then you'll read a passage and it's like, really, this is the this is where they landed on this? She couldn't have done another pass at this awkward sentence or this Actually, weird word yeah, choice. Actually, yeah, you said that. That was, I, I've had the same, the same thoughts on this, and I also finished Leia. I know you guys haven't yet. Yeah, I'm reading talk it. About that. I think it has sort of the, the same thing that Spasma did, where it seems to me that both of these authors could have stood another pass at writing this book. Because yeah. there's just like a few little things here and there where, like, and I don't usually notice writing things, but it's almost like there's little spots on the wall that, like, they painted over and they didn't get a chance to blend in before the final product came out. That's a good way of putting it, because it's been interesting to me. Um, Delilah Dawson is um, a really good writer. I am an aspiring writer, which is a cool oh, thing to say boy. that everyone loves. I'm a professional about. comedian. But, yeah. <laughs> but basically... She wrote one of the best things on writing that I've ever read, like, because I'm interested in knowing how to get published. She wrote a really great thing on how to get published. And all of the things that she says not to do, she does in this book. And I think that's why I was more conscious of it, because I realized that I had read this before, and I was like, well, she said not to do this thing. And it's not like she's artfully breaking the rules. It's just, she talks about on Twitter a lot, too, how, how important it is if you're a Star Wars writer, to meet deadlines. And it's like, that's not the most inspiring thing to hear <laughs> if you're a writer. Meet your deadlines. Compromise your vision to get it done on time. That's a bummer for me. Yeah, it's... Nobody will like me by the end of this podcast episode. Well, what are you going to do with the book episode? I, I guess with me and the, and the writing style in this book, and maybe this isn't a good excuse... But I take it as um, it, this is a story being told by Vi. So sometimes uh, it, get, it gets a little too colloquial and it gets a little too informal, I guess I would say, for a book. Um, but it is technically a story being told by someone, which well, I know is not it, that much of an excuse. But it doesn't. It's something. No, I agree. I thought about that for a second, but the problem is the book almost forgets that sometimes. And then yeah, it does. Just all of a sudden, after 170 pages, it'll be like, she told me this while I was mowing the lawn one day, okay. Cardinal. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, what? I forgot that this is being told. By it's almost like the author forgot it. Like, you needed to remind <laughs> the audience. There's like, like little I, parts specifically. I actually found them uh, that... If we're going to get into my mystic corner, like, I don't want to be, I don't like being told by the author sometimes that, like, don't, don't take what I'm saying too seriously because, like, on digital page 561, like, it's the start, actually the beginning of chapter 31, she, uh, uh, Vi, yeah, this is Vi talking, where she says she's maybe embroidered what Siv told her just a little, 
But that's the storyteller's gift, isn't it? And then just a few sentences later, she says everything she said was true, mostly. And so just uh... little things like that. I'm just not a huge fan of being told. There's also like something about towards the beginning of the book where she's like... Well, it's also a reference to the Phantom Menace, which is really weird. Yeah, she's like, no, 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 that's a storyteller's gift, or that's a... Oh, yeah, where uh, Cardinal's telling her, like, well, that sounds like an interesting character study or something. I don't know, just little things where, like, the... I feel like I'm being winked at by the author, and... I don't know. Sometimes you can do it, and sometimes that's just kind of... Yeah. Personally. My little thing, I mean, this is my main thing, and then I'll get off this subject, but... My main thing about this book is that we should emphasize this is an incredibly creative book. It's the world of this is so cool. Like it's really cool. It's really different. And there's this whole culture of this almost like hunter gatherer tribe. It's really neat. So for as creative as this book is, the she, uh, <laughs> Delilah Star Wars Dawson's Creek relies on these really boring cliches a lot, which is another thing that she says specifically not to do. Like, she says, the thought made Siv's blood boil, or they ran like mad, or, like, just those things that they don't even mean anything anymore. Like, any, like, even your high school English teacher would tell you, try to find a more interesting way to express that. And it's like, ah, this will do. I'm on a dead one. That's how it, I know that sounds harsh. Please don't at Delilah Dawson on Twitter. Uh, who? To listen to who? Our episode. Yeah, who? Oh, I'm so sorry. Hey there, Delilah Star Wars toss the screen. Yeah, I'll, the last First thing I'm going to be hard to find her on Twitter. I think I'm just kind of echoing what you said because I really think this for me really was, I mean, it was an A. It would have been an A+, plus, but I think it really came down to a feel like Hey there, Delilah Star Wars Dawson's Creek. She really, just, she really just ran out of time. It feels like there's just a few little tweaks that I feel like a any other author would have made if they had had a month or two left to breathe with their book. And I just, it seems like there are things that just didn't get nipped and tucked. But overall, the story was like, it was a fantastic idea for a story. And I love the book so much. It was just little things that made me turn my head sideways every once in a while that like this kept it from being almost like a perfect Star Wars story to me. I'm sure, I'm sure it's difficult. I'm sure it's difficult with these books that are specifically for the journey to movies. Because they yeah. re- they really oh, do have yeah. a time they have to come out. Um, well, that's the that's yeah. the thing, and, and that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to even blame the author on this because I I have a theory that I can put on my tinfoil tinfoil hat, <laughs> my tinfoil hat for her. Yeah, my theory is almost that because I, I I know from an interview I read with Timothy Zahn that they have to submit like this is my first draft, this is my second draft. My guess is that this is her second draft. And she submitted it, and they were like, this is good enough to publish. And she's like, mm, there's some things I'd like to fix, and they're like, eh, we want to publish it. And then she didn't get to give it that fine-tooth comb run-through that she would have preferred. Gross. It almost just seemed like, they're like, eh, this is good enough for us. Yeah, you so could be right. that is my uh, Finn Toilcrat theory. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into hey, what's Riley. cool about this book. <laughs> yes, Isaac. Hey, Riley. Did, so what, what was your... I know you you said you didn't really notice stuff like that. What was your overall... What did those little things do for you in this book? What, how'd you come away from it? I'm a big dummy, and I never noticed things like that. 
Seriously, no. no I, don't I think that it's. I, I really don't think it's a. I don't think you're dumb. I think that some people are just more like, like they'll get hitched up on that stuff more than others. Yeah. And I will say that I think after listening to this, I have to institute a hard no audiobook policy for myself because <laughs> I found myself enjoying this book far more when I just read it. Because I think it might even be a thing where you can come up with a voice in your head for a character that will allow awkward lines of dialogue to make sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're just hearing the um, narrator on the audiobook's reading of it, you're like, ooh, that didn't sound good. But it might have just been the way that it was read. So um, I probably should have said that first to tamper my criticism. <laughs> but I did read about half of it and listen to about half of it, and the audiobook is not very good. Do not get the audiobook. Yeah, who read um, Jan January Lafoy or something like that? Is that who it was? Oh, Mad Men? Mm. No. Yes. yes January Jones. Yeah, I believe it is Lafoy. Yeah. it. I, I listened to it as well. Um, I guess I have like actively tried, because there was a while I watched all kinds of film criticism and read a bunch of stuff. And then I found myself watching like new movies that I really wanted to like with way too much of a critical eye thinking about, well, how'd they do that shot? What's this? Blah, blah. And realized right. I just, I wasn't enjoying it as much. So I quit watching things like that. And I just enjoy movies a lot more. And it's kind of the same thing with books, except I never had that critical eye. Cause I'm like I said, I'm just a dummy who reads books. And I, I find that I nah. enjoy, I enjoy books more when I don't think about them, which sounds bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, and especially this kind of book is supposed to be just escapist entertainment. You know, this is yeah. just, I, I, it's totally me being a pretentious douche, I think, because yeah. I am actively writing something and I've always liked writing and reading. So I tend to, you know, like before we did this podcast, I never read any Star Wars books. I only read just non Star Wars books. So I, probably have to tamper my uh narcissism and uh pretension too so it's all me i suck and please rate and review on itunes Jake. Uh, i will say though like i really don't i i honestly never really noticed stuff in star wars books until i read phasma like usually anything else just goes right over my head but for some reason these last two books i read lay in phasma there was just like the little things that kept popping up, and I'm like, I never noticed this before, but now I'm noticing this sort of thing. Do you think? I don't it's... think I'm getting better at criticizing books. I think I'm just mm. at these. Two you know what? You're right, up. because we are not the only people to criticize this book. I'll say, like, I've been listening to podcasts and reading some things online, and this is not a book that everybody loves. Some people um, are pretty turned off by it, but I love all the ideas really? in it. Yeah, I've read a lot of uh, people who don't like it. All the people I follow on Twitter love it, but um, I've been reading. This is a this is a divisive one for for fans, I think. What's cool about it that we should let the listeners know is that Phasma is really not like we, we we're not getting her like inside her head. It keeps Phasma as a character at arm's length, which is interesting. Uh huh. You know what I mean, Riley. Yeah, sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, yes, and I think cool. sometimes I feel like um, that was maybe in response to so many people saying, I wanted to like Phasma, she was in all kinds of stuff, and we didn't get any information about, about her. We don't know much about her. Well, we kind of know some more about her, but we we still don't really know what makes her tick. 
to a large extent because we never get her thoughts or anything in this book and she's still somewhat of a mystery at the end which mm-hmm. is which is an interesting thing to do with this book for so many people yeah. wanting info on phasma and, we don't get a lot yeah and that's one of the strengths of this book i think is that we're not going inside of her head but that was one of my favorite parts of this book is what we did get was where she came from and the the difference differentness of that i don't know if that's the right word but just the the fact that like these little like basically tribes on a, a nuclear wasted planet are existing and phasma just happens to be one of these like it was a very interesting background for a character and so you just i don't know you just think of like a generic backstory for a villain and this wasn't necessarily like that i mean especially for star wars i've never really i think we've touched on this before in vaguer terms but the star wars doesn't really have much of like just tribes from the backwater part of the planet, and especially one of those members of those tribes just kind of rising to problems like Phasma did. Yeah, basically, um, there is this tribe called the Skyer, but they also live in a place called the Skyer. And in my imagination, it was like this mountainy, craggy type of place, mm-hmm. Daniel Craggy type of place. Mm-hmm. It was a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens, a lot of people don't know that. Um, mm-hmm. And they they have to hunt to eat, and people only live to be like thirty years old. And they have all these rituals when people die to like siphon stuff from their body. Like it's the Oracle really Sav. <laughs> the Oracle Sav. Hey, if you want to read a book that has the word Sav in it about fourteen thousand times, there's a lot of Savs. This a is lot. a good book for you. If you've been thinking, hey, this pharmaceutical textbook doesn't have the word Sav enough, well, this will be good. <laughs> they use a lot of Sav. Yeah, People it, rub and Sav on themselves we almost ev- every page of the book. <laughs> we eventually find out why they need all this Sav and stuff, because Isaac touched on it, but there, there was a nuclear explosion, which is something that was very weird for me to see in Star Wars, for them to like that acknowledge just, nuclear yeah. weapons. Zod. Yeah, because we talked about this a little bit, Riley, over text, but, you know, obviously the Death Star is the Star Warsian metaphor for, like, the nuclear arms race, and that's how it's treated in um, Catalyst and then Rogue One mm-hmm. and obviously A New Hope. But then in this book, they're just like, no, also separately from that, there's literally just nuclear arms, which is... Yeah. <laughs> That is weird, because that's a very Earth-type thing. Um, I wasn't bothered by it, but I was like, huh, that's a new concept for yeah, Star Wars. No, it was so basically, there's like radiation poisoning on this planet, and that's why people die so early. It's why they have to rub all these salves, which we should mention a couple times, uh, all over their bodies. Weren't there liniments, too? Probably. The word liniments? Siv loved the salves yes. and the liniments. And uh, the Detraxers. If you also want to read a book that says Detraxers so much, <laughs> this is that book. Um, I'm being very negative. I like this book. Um, but you know what I noticed, guys? Um, I think I'm correct. Yes, okay. So in the um, dedication page for this book, which we like to read on our EU episodes, um, Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, this is interesting. It's dedicated to her sweet husband, Craig. Now, maybe that's why they live in craggy rocks. 
<laughs> now, it also says, I forgive you for killing me with those Nagri in the Star Wars RPG back in 97. So what That's I was thinking when I was reading this book was this awesome. sounds a lot, it feels a lot like an RPG. It's people going from, it's not like there is, there is a linear story, which is you got to get to this ship. It's actually a lot like our, our RPG episode <laughs> of our show. And um, they go to different towns in different little parts of this planet. They have to ask for help. They get recruited to do some weird thing. And then they do that thing. And then they get to move on to the next town. It's almost like a video game, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's an interesting dedication. And I really want to be honest with you guys. Yeah, that's interesting that she played the uh, that she played the old RPG. That does make sense. What you just said there, that it's is it, that ring true to you? Like the, the kind yeah, of structure of this book? yeah, it kind yeah, of is. They're they're each e- to complete the campaign. You know, each session they mm-hmm. have to finish this, get to a new area, and then eventually Phasma completes the campaign and gets off planet what it feels yeah. like but i i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that it's just an interesting note now um as the host of this episode um i'm trying with to find most. a way to talk about this hey and i want to have the host of this episode <laughs> um i feel like it's hard to talk about the characters on parnassus which is the planet that the phasma story takes place on yeah there's just area of it called the Skyer, but that's not the planet name. The planet is Parnassus, and um, to me, the characters are somewhat unmemorable. Like, the main character of the Phasma story is not Phasma, it's Siv, who is Phasma's sister. Yeah, um, uh, no. What? No. Not her, si- not her sister. I said that it was that, so it's true. No. Phasma's brother is that one guy. What time do we live in? And Siv is pregnant with Phasma's brother's child. Guys, I really feel betrayed (laughs) and confused. Because I was so positive that it was said early on in the book that it was his sister. Ew, no, because then she sleeps with Phasma's brother. Yeah, I thought that's what they were doing. I thought that was what was happening. (laughs) No, I don't think so. That's a little uh, much for... Even adult Star Wars literature is That's one of the reasons why I was like, well, this book's pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to find this part of the book, which I, I know for sure happened. Um, I don't. I, it probably wasn't, but I, I, I felt maybe they were just, maybe she just called her that because, you know, they're so close because they're in this little cave together. Um, it, yeah, I feel like you're right. The only one we get a lot of info on is Siv because really, <laughs> this is a story being told by Vi. But it's it's the story she learned from Siv. So this is like a, a second-hand story. We're reading the third-hand story, pretty much, I guess. We're reading what yeah, Vi says strange. Siv said. So it's a little confusing. But Siv is the one who we get the thoughts from and how she feels on things. So she's really the only one that gets fleshed out a whole lot of the Skyer folk. Well, but even so, describe Siv's character to me right now. Uh, Pregnant. Right. Okay, exactly. There's yeah, no, you don't get much. As far as like yeah. personality traits, she's the good one. She has more empathy mm-hmm. than the other Skyer characters. She's got probably. more detractors. Yeah, she's she's got so many detractors. She's guys. kind of the religious one, I guess, because her job is to get to make these salves from the corpses of their fallen friends. She's got these these little sayings she has to say every time one of their comrades dies. So she's kind of like the 
the shaman religious type one of the group. The rest of them are just fighters. But that's not even a personality trait. It's no, like, it's not. It's just the yeah, it, her job it's a the thing she is. is yeah. Sav on their butts. <laughs> Which is what they say in the book. Yeah, you're totally right. I found yeah, the page so I was like, thinking of, and I totally transposed Keldo with Siv and thought that Siv was that assistant. Yeah. Okay. That you're, you are kind of right, because like, when you think back to it, you have like Siv, who's the shaman, you have Torben, who's the strong one, you have Kar, who's the funny one, and you had Gosta, who's the young one, and so... Right, I, I, but there's no distinctive personality traits among them. In my opinion, I didn't seem... Like, I would get confused about what character was what when I was reading it. Um, and yeah. obviously, I sometimes thought that people were each other's <laughs> sisters. It was not true. And I, ultimately, I think because this is Phasma's story, that part didn't matter as much. And for how much I connected with Vi and Cardinal's character, I think in the end, if I can take three characters from a book and feel like I really got something out of it, I mean, that, that's pretty good, honestly. Getting three characters that are solid. Yeah. I, Guess if that is your standards for a book. Well, as what's your then yes. Hold on, hold on, Jake. What's your standard for a book? That all the characters are good, <laughs> and that you enjoy reading about them, and are distinctive from one another. Which book are you? Which book does that? Um, literally any classic book that's ever been written. David five. Copperfield. You really want me to name five <laughs> books where there's where all the characters are good? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me look at my bookshelf, right? No, from memory. Wizard of Oz, Treasure Island, The Picture of Dorian Gray, Frankenstein, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. That's the most name. Name three characters. Name three characters from Dorian Gray. From Dorian Gray, I couldn't do that. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Dorian Gray is one. There's one. Dorian Gray's picture is. (laughs) Um, No, I couldn't. I I don't remember. But no, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, like. I would say most books that are considered to be great books, not even classic books, just great books, a mark of a good book is that all the characters are good. That's not too high of a standard. I don't know what kind of books you guys are reading where you hate most of the characters and like three of them. I Well, that's the thing. I didn't hate most of the characters. Like, No, even, I didn't hate them either. Even, even though they didn't, have a, very interesting. they didn't have a ton of personality, but still, I got a little attached to, you know, when, uh, what was her name? Co- Costa? Costa? You tell me you liked your character so much. <laughs> <laughs> or when Torben died, when Carr died. You know, I, I felt a little something, especially the way Carr died was oh, intense. Well, yeah. That was, that was something. Most... Yeah, let's not get too far before we talk about, I uh, especially buying Cardinal's characters, because we, we've talked about this in some previous books that we've read, especially like Thrawn and in, uh, Inferno Squad, how we've been focusing so much on Imperials, and I come out of the book thinking that there's really no one I could attach myself to or root for. And by the end of Phasma, I had Vi, who was a super likable character. And then I had Cardinal, who was finally, like, a character that you're, like, begging for in these books, where it's a bad guy who sees his superiors for what they are and is starting to question his own beliefs. I mean, those two characters kind of scratched me right where I itched, and I finally had someone at the end of this book where I'm like, I kind of want to see where they go next, not because, like, I love them and I want to see them go down, but I want to see them succeed. I want to see them become part of the resistance. I wouldn't mind seeing them in a movie or some other book or comic or whatever. And I really like having two characters that I could attach myself to in a positive way. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you on that. Sorry, right again. That's okay. I think I just need to. Um... Oh yeah. I'm, to- I'm sorry, right ahead. 
I need to admit to something that I, I so that I did. Well, okay, I'm gonna reach through the phone and stab you with a porcupine needle. <laughs> so while I was finishing this book, I went on this long rant in a text conversation to you guys about um, which one? I know <laughs> I do it every day. I was complaining about the new direction that Star Wars sometimes seems to be heading, and a lot of things head where. Is trying to be more real, more gritty, and you can't really have a happy ending where the good guys win, like like happened in Return of the Jedi, because it's just not realistic. And the end of this book, this is getting into big spoilers for the end of the book, but the end of the book, it seems like, even though, even though they've made a connection, Vi and Cardinal, you know, I, I was just wanting so bad for Cardinal to go off and join the Resistance. Right. And, and change his mind. And the way it was going, it seemed like that wasn't going to happen. And I went on this long rant about that and how I was so mad. And then like you did. And then like a chapter later, uh Vi rescues him from Phasma on the ship and takes him with her and yeah, apparently he is going to join the resistance. So I felt very silly. So good job. I don't Hey there, I don't Delilah think you know Star Wars for Dawson's sure that Creek. he joins, do you? You don't know that the, he joins. It does seem to be the implication. I, it's the implication. They're they're leaving. They're, they're escaping the Star Destroyer on a ship together, and she's taking him back to the Resistance base. So I guess technically they could put him in a prison, but it seems like he's going to join. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we talked about like Vi is really she. She reminded me of Poe Dameron a little bit because yeah. she's real snarky. Yeah, but I like very uh, likable. Um. And uh, she was great. Cardinal is an interesting character. He has a huge beef with, with Phasma because she kind of took his position in the First Order. But as has been the case in Inferno Squad and in, in, in Thrawn and a lot of these new canon books, she's able to uncover a lot of humanity beneath him. And the mm-hmm. best part of the book is that um, by the end of it, she has completely shaken his faith in the First Order yeah. and what it means to be a First Order soldier, you know, which is a, basically a group of neo-Nazis. And it's like somebody actually got through to one of those kinds of people. And you see him thinking about what he's done and what he's doing and what this organization is. And he goes into a drunken stupor and, like, can't enjoy his job anymore. Uh, and that part of the book was really, really good. It was really effective. And, yeah, there was a nice ending for him. Yeah, he he reminded me a lot of Callus from Rebels, where you yeah, can see that yeah. there's a there's a good guy in there who's just on the wrong side, and it just took a little it took a little nudge from someone on the right side to make him examine himself and what he's doing, and eventually switch sides. So I like that. I like when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm gonna Ryan. say. <laughs> I've noticed what we're doing so far is we're sp- we are spending a lot of time with like buying Cardinal, and that's it, it's like funny. That's like I feel like it's one of the unintended consequences maybe of this book is like it's about Phasma, but we're attaching ourselves to characters kind of outside of that because I, I do agree with you, Jake. Like the strongest part of the story was on board the Absolution, like all the stuff going on there, and also all the kind of like backstabbing, like intrigue with Armitage and Brendel and Phasma. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, I liked getting little. Hux, Armitage Hux stuff. We finally got a little Hux. And can I say, Armitage Hux is a really cool Star Wars name? 
I sure. Okay, you can I, say it. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say on. if I agree Wait, with you. Hold but on, you hold on. Spray it. Hold on, I'm going to say it. Armitage Hux is a really cool Star Wars name. Now spray got a little. And I'd like to say, if I can say something, uh-huh. that in this, can I say something there? Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, we got a little Hux in this book. We did get a little Hux. We got a big Hux, and we got a little Hux. Got a little... We got a big Hux. We got a little Hux. And Brindle Hux is spelled very weirdly. Let's talk about Phasma as a character in this book. Okay, um, she hits stuff. It's like like we said for a lot of the book. It keeps you at arm's length from Phasma because you are seeing, as you said, through Vi's retelling of this story that you heard Siv tell, you're seeing Siv's perspective on Phasma, who in this um, tribe of just survivalists in this crazy mountain hunter-gatherer place, she is the strongest warrior. She's fierce and ruthless. But, and as it goes throughout the book, you you can see, because we are getting an outsider's perspective on her, that she's very mysterious. She clearly has her own motivations, but nobody knows what those are. But she is so dark, and basically by the end of the book, very clearly she's just a psychopath. She has zero empathy for anybody. I know there's a word for that, and I can't think of it. Sociopath? Yes. She is a sociopath. She is a, just a murderer. She will do literally whatever she has to do to survive to points that are so dark in this book. Yeah, they they leave. Her brother is like the the leader of their tribe. Her and her brother kind of co-lead, but he's the one who Mm -hmm. does all the talking. And so they leave with Brindle Hux. He crashes on the planet and says that he can help them, you know, if they join the First Order. So she makes the decision to take a bunch of supplies from their tribe go off with like six people and under the guise of like she tells everyone that you know once the, they get back to the first order they can bring back help I got the feeling by the end of it that was never her plan I feel like she was just getting out right. and not caring about like leaving her brother to die and everyone else to die and she just wanted she just wanted off the planet she would kill anybody, even if they were her own family, to get off of that planet. And that yeah. seemed like, if you want to have a cynical take on it, which I don't think you need to, but it makes sense. I, I think if you were an author and they asked you to approach Phasma, you would have to think, okay, why did she so easily betray the First Order <laughs> Yeah, in The Forest Awakens? And you could have made it that she's just a coward. You could have taken that route, but I think Delilah Dawson, I'm sorry, um, hey there Delilah Star Wars Dawson's Creek, took a very smart approach in making her just so completely unaffiliated with any side, um, even more so than Thrawn. You get the sense he yeah. really likes being in the Empire and wants to do a good job. You get the sense from this book that Phasma is so independently motivated that the second it's even remotely inconvenient for her, she will drop it and do whatever she has to do. The last story that Vi tells about her, where, I mean, she is, she's given up her, her own family, like, given up her own parents for her own motivation. So, I mean, with or without the First Order, like, it didn't matter what got into Phasma's life, like, she is completely acting independently of anyone else, which is really interesting to see what ultimately her goals are, because 
you can't think that someone who lived literally on a rock in a tribe could be so ambitious as to think they could get to the top of the galaxy, more or less, which seems like where she's going to right now, or she has some other motivation we don't know about, but it is just kind of interesting to see that she really is so independently motivated. That last story was, in particular, really highlighted that to me. Yeah, it's it's tough because sometimes you can, um, if, if you don't understand a character's motivations, that can be frustrating, but in this case, it just makes it really fascinating because in its fascinating too, like it's really scary at, by the end of it that you just don't understand why she's doing the horrible things that she's doing. It's it's why I my hot prediction for Last Jedi and going forward, I don't think she's going to be in the First Order anymore. First no. Order had its chance and she escaped while she could somehow. We know that she got off Starkiller Base, but uh, I feel like she's done with the First Order now. This is for like the final Last Jedi predictions, where I really don't think the First Order is the ultimate evil, and I think Snoke is a complete red herring Wizard of Oz character, that there's a, a bigger evil we don't know about yet, and you're going to see split factions, like Kylo Ren's going to do his own thing, Phasma's going to do her own thing, even people in like Luke Skywalker or Rey is going to have their own thing to do. So... First order might not be the ultimate evil we think it is. Yeah, I, I'm. I've obviously said the, the same thing. I I, I kind of hope that's the case. Uh, but what I will say is that all of this new media that we've been getting, these books, have made the resistance and the first order way more interesting than they were before. Like yeah, I am very that. intrigued by the first order's philosophy because, I mean, once again. The this, this, this movie ended up being really prescient. It is a lot like the alt-right movement. It's a lot like these neo-Nazis of today who claim to have problems like, no, we don't totally agree with the Nazi regime. They, we don't totally agree with that, but they clearly think they can do that, but do it better. It's a very interesting correlation. When you get the the training scenes of the young stormtroopers in this where they go to sleep every night and on their like in their tvs on their tvs in their rooms they get like first order propaganda where they just watch you know what what all these of how great the first order is and why they should believe it it's just propaganda that they go to sleep to every night i can't help but think of all the Young kids who watch YouTube and their favorite gamers. Yes. And then that's an entry point to, you know, what they consider deeper discussion. And then you get into the bad part of YouTube where you have the white supremacists talking about, you know, why their race is the best. And, you know, you, that can start it. You can be influenced by that at such a young age now, thanks to YouTube. And I just wonder yeah. if that was a deliberate comparison. Can I give a little Last Jedi prediction? Yeah. Sure. So this book, Jake, go ahead. Introduced. Can I go ahead, guys? Yeah. Okay. It Jake, introduced. Jake. Jake. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did you have something to say? I like. Jake, go ahead. What I'd like to talk about. <laughs> what I'd like to talk about for one second <laughs> is in the book Phasma by Javier Delilah, Star Wars, Dawson's Creek is. They introduced this really cool thing of kids, like what Riley was talking about, being brainwashed uh, from 
probably birth, right? Because we see the little baby image of uh, yeah, Finn, Finn. Finjamin. And one of the things that we talk about in our Force Awakens episode, which listeners, if you haven't gone back and listened to that, that's probably our best episode. <laughs> so listen to it. And it's us being nice about a Star Wars thing the <laughs> whole time. Uh, but one of the things that's, I, I think I mentioned in Jake's nitpick corner is that for being brainwashed from birth, Finn is weirdly affable and friendly and very uh, well-adjusted <laughs> with a good sense of humor. And I think that it will be revealed in The Last Jedi that Finn, from a young age, learned how to disable his nightly brainwashing things and that he was not getting the same level of, uh, like, uh, deterioration that, that the other guys were getting, which is why he was, it was easier for him to kill, kill his friends, his friends when <laughs> yeah. he escaped with Bo. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he yeah. already saw them as robots who were brainwashed. That's not a bad prediction. I hope that we get an image when Finn and Rose infiltrate the First Order. I hope we get an image, almost like Attack of the Clones, of all the little First Order kids like asleep in their beds listening to propaganda. That would be the Ew. creepiest, most awesome image. According to Ring Theory, we have to see that. Yeah, according to Isaac, we are best friends and I am so with you on this. Thanks. Yarf everywhere. <laughs> well, what else do we want to say about Phasma? We didn't talk about the actual plot of the book, but it is kind of there, there's not, go here, there's not a complete the mission, then go there. Yeah. They go to, they end up at this one weird place on Parnassus where uh, they are in like a arena, like a gladiator arena for a while. Yeah, it's very it's, Attack of the Clones. At that, at that point, I realized that this was a super weird book when they spend a few <laughs> chapters in an arena and then Phasma kills the leader and becomes the leader. It was... What was it? It's yeah, like the, the Newman That was too time. much. I can, only, I can only picture like a fatter Newman in my head. For the <laughs> yeah, fatter, bald Newman. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I kind of imagine the same thing. What was his name? The Ararat? The Aratu. Aratu. Well, we've been talking about Phasma. Um, I think that we have a little bit of pod grooming to do. One thing that we've been talking about as pros, we've been talking about um, we have these EU episodes. Jake, go ahead. That we were... Hey, Riley, can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, we have these EU episodes and... We love them. They're probably our favorite thing to do, and nobody listens to them. <laughs> we get about half of the amount of listeners that we would get for a normal episode for those. Um, I think because, I mean, I know what I do if I see a podcast that has like little sub-series within that, is I don't listen to them because I think, oh, I don't have time for that. You're part of the problem. I, I don't like I know. that. I don't like that. Who does that? I don't like that person. Person, well, I don't like. I you. think that you agree with this because we're talking about getting rid of that moniker and just releasing them with the you know title of the book. Yeah. We're not going to stop doing that kind of episode, but we're not going to call them that anymore because we really like those episodes. We're proud of them, and we like people who listen to our we're show. We're just gonna name them RPG and then just hope <laughs> that episode <laughs> had so many more listeners than any other episode, and, and we haven't followed up ever since then. We have had less listeners every episode consistently. It's kind of amazing. Oh, boy. But we are going to do more RPG episodes. We um, Can we tease this, Riley? Uh, we Yeah, we should tease it. Tease the plan. Well, here's what we were thinking. 
is that friend of the show, Jasmine, might be a part of these RPG episodes in some capacity. Yes. It's a good tease. It's really one of the best teases ever of all time. Yeah, so... Is there anything else? I feel like there's other stuff that we would we were going to mention, but I don't remember. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else to mention, because we don't Do know we what we're doing yet. Do we want to, like, put a bow, a proverbial bow on Phasma, and rate it from, like, 0 to 29 detractors? Yes, we do. Yeah, I'll give it... And we'll put this in a little earlier, too. I'm going to give it 24 salves. Out of... Out of 29? Out of 29 attractions. I'll give it... 21... Um, poems about rubbing salve on yourself as a child. <laughs> out of 29 detractors. We didn't talk that. about that. Can we read that before the episode? Yeah, we over? probably should read that a little bit, because that part. I wonder if just... I can find it in this book. Oh, I, I got it. Oh, okay. I'll read it later. Okay. I'll, I guess, well, no, you know what? I'll go do it right now. Yeah, go read I'll it right it. now. Go do it right now. If you get the smallest wound, better tell your mama soon. Edges red and skin gone white, gonna lose a toe tonight. Don't tell mama and you'll see. Wounds go putrid, dead you'll be. Yeah. It's just, nobody else in the book talks like that. Like, it's not like people in the book talk in that kind of weird old-timey fashion. No. So it's just weird that that poem... It's like Yoda like wrote that. that. I think that Ooh. Yoda's a better poet. Want me to read it in Yoda's voice? Read it in Yoda's voice, see if I like it more. Read it in Jim Rome's voice. No, please I'll do don't. Both. I'll do both. Okay, do both. <laughs> Good, yes. Yoda roll. If you get the smallest moon, better tell me your mama soon. Edges red and skin gone white. Gonna lose a toe tonight. Don't tell mama and you'll see. Wounds go putrid. Dead you'll be. Yeah, this is a thousand times better. This is a thousand times better as Yoda. Wow, you know what? That is better. You want Jim Rome now? Yeah. Sure. What's up, clones? <laughs> hey. <laughs> clones? 1-800-837-6686 is the number. If nope. you get the smallest wound, better tell your mama soon, clones. Clones' edges red and skin gone white. A clone is gonna lose a toe tonight. Don't tell mama, and you'll see... Wound go putrid. Dead you'll be, clones. Bane the monkey. <laughs> yeah, good. I still think Yoda was the best. I think so, too. It's hard to say. Any uh, more, more requests? Anyone else want to take a stab at this? Jar Jar. I, if I had it in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Okay. Also, I don't do voices. Well, you have that one you do. Right now. I could do Kermit the Frog. So can I. Can we do it as Kermit the Frog in unison? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the delay. Let's try it yep, right now good. without it in front of Let's us. Let's find the poem. I can't I'm find it. Sending it. Okay. Oh, okay, it. good, good, good. I got it. Oh, there okay. it is. Okay. Are you ready? All right. You ready, buddy? <laughs> Hello, if boys and girls. smallest wound, better, better tell, tell your mama soon. You just red, red and skin gone white. Gonna lose a toe tonight. tonight. Don't, Don't tell, tell mama. And you'll see. Ooh, those future dead you'll be. Boys and girls. Just flawless. <laughs> Literally the best moment of our podcast. There's probably going to be a delay and we're going to be out and it's going to be awful. Well, that's, that's about, that sounds about right for our show. Yep. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, people. I can't imagine you didn't. 
Yo, welcome. Anything else to say about Phasma? I mean, I, I go read it. It's weird. Would you recommend it? Yeah, go read it. It's weird. You like weird stuff? Read Phasma. Isaac, would you recommend it? Yes. Jake, Jake would you would recommend it? it? Yeah, I guess. All right. Go. I recommend reading it. Reading it. Don't listen to it. Go give some money to Lucasfilm. They need it. Yeah, they're really struggling. Give some money to Delilah Dawson because she's a fine person. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. And worked hard on this book. She just Ooh. went through a hurricane. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hey there, Delilah Star Wars Sausage Street. Oh, there not off there. Okay. Uh, well, guys. Any more pod grooming? I think we did it all. Pod grooming? Not grooming. Well, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. If you don't have one, get one. Just right follow now. us. Like yeah, a moving buddy in Toy Story. If you want to be part of our uh, text conversations, send us one email one time. I'll bet you won't do it. Um, <laughs> if you want to see... Wait, did you just Instagram. offer to get him in our text conversations? I wasn't listening. Yep, I totally <laughs> did. I totally did. We'll start a text thread with just our listeners. Oh my god, I'm so into that. If you do it, we'll text you. I'm 100% into that. But you're not going to email us, so I know we're not going to get your phone numbers. <laughs> so I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> I hope they do. I'm into this idea. I Once on our show, now listeners will remember this because they made a conscious decision not to do it. I once asked... Just, if you listen to the show, take one second out of your day and send an email to grandmothtalking at gmail.com and write the words, I listen to the show. You could even just send me a thumbs up emoji, and that's that's about all I need. Only one person did it. And they're getting a Dash Rendar action figure sent to them pretty soon. <laughs> well, we're not joking. We are not joking. I'm He's sorry, send it. Spinner, if you're listening to this, I haven't sent it yet, because I can't find a good box for it, but I'll send it when I can. Um... So send us an email. Give us your phone number. Send us an email. If you if we get like three people that write in, we'll start a text thread. <laughs> Star Wars only, why we, guys. Why don't we start it? Well, okay, we'll talk about it. We could start a Discord. Yeah, we, this, this is a dangerous thing. Why don't we start like a Discord that everyone could join in, and that way we don't ask people cool. we don't ask people to give us their personal phone numbers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one wants to give us their idea. phone number. I really like the personal phone number idea. No, Discord is better. We'll talk. But hey, if you'd be interested in that, send us an email and we'll we'll set something up. That'll be yeah, fun. that'll be fun. Um, because if you tolerate this show, you probably have um, the same sense of humor as us <laughs> and are interested in the same things. So, um, for another week, this has been a delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic brought to the with the anchorman's part of the little place to get two linked voices of your host Riley Jake and Guys, we're doing that because you just stayed tuned for the deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah, and now... There will be quite a few for this one. Time for some bloopers. Bye. <laughs> it's only 8.30. I don't even think I can do a podcast right now, guys. My my brain, my heart, my soul, it's not in it. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, we're done. I have we're a, done I've had a headache for four days now. And it no, won't go away. Riley. I know. Really? I think I'm Is dying. Is it ball and chain? Have you puked? Yeah. Uh, no, last night I almost did. Ugh.
Do you get migraines, uh, Riley? I do. I do get oh, them. Oh, no. Yes. How bad? This one is just nagging at the moment, and it's not making me full on. I've got wife of yours. Yarf, but you know. Did you say yorf? said yarf. Why did you say that? It's like barf, but with a Y. <laughs> no. I, Why? It's, it's fun to say. Short for Yularen, if we're going to tie this back to Star Wars. You know, like Charles is Chuck, is Yularen Yarf. Yep, that's exactly Charles Wendig. <laughs> Yarf Wendig. Charles Yarf Wendig. Yarf in charge. <laughs> I can't even believe Yarf this. Yarf in the chocolate show. factory. Charlie Bucket. Yarf, Yarf Bucket. Yarf okay. Bucket. Yarf. Which is what I do when I have a migraine. If you're a new listener to the show, don't it worry. It is usually this bad. All that's cut out. Oh, I get it now. Great. Glad to cut that out. <laughs> I always love it when I get more work. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people in this country don't even have work. So <laughs> yeah. I should, be, I should be grateful for the work I have for this thing I don't get paid for. <laughs> I'm going to tell a little personal story uh, real quick, which is that somehow I had not eaten anything with syrup all day, but there's syrup on my arm. So, listeners at home, try to solve that mystery while we're recording the show. (laughs) Please Um, tweet. Please tweet at us. How would the syrup become a thing? How do you say? Do you say it's syrup? You one syllable, Riley. How do you say syrup? Syrup. I say. How syrup. can you possibly say it any other way? I pronounce it S E E R hyphen U P syrup. I say syrup. I it's still two syllables, but it's a syrup. I don't think Isaac knows what a syllable is. <laughs> how many syllables is phasma? <laughs> I ask you syrup. a question and I demand you answer it. <laughs> syrup. Right. So. You guys know exactly how to trigger me, by the way. What did we do to trigger you? <laughs> like, what, like, you, like last time when we did the well, not last time, but like when we did the Thrawn episode, I was like, I like books that are good the whole time. And you're like, name that book, as if there's no <laughs> books that are all good throughout that whole book. <laughs> and then this time, <laughs> I was like, I like books where all the characters are good. You're like, name five books where all the characters. are good. Like most of the books that I have enjoyed, <laughs> all the characters are good. Yeah, well, you can't name them. That's all I know. Can feel your porcupine prickles coming out of my phone into my face. <laughs> no, I just was like, wow, I am falling right into your into your porcupine garbs. Oh, I love it. It's great. Uh, yeah, I agree, Jake. It's real stupid when people make fun of things that they don't like. You know what? Other people like it. No, I like it. Good. Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, we're doing a bit. Holy crap! It's awful. <laughs> Wait, it's good. It's this great. is not my fault. It's not my fault that this is bad. Okay, Lando. Star Wars. Is that what Lando said? It's not my fault this is bad. They told me it's good. I hate this episode. <laughs> I hate this episode. That's true. I Well, we should talk about him sometime on the show. We don't really talk about him enough. Yeah. Is everybody still there? Oh, <laughs> this wow. is... Wow, 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 wow. Skype I, chemistry, that's what that is. I hate recording Skype over chemistry. Skype. I hate it. 